What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name, of course, is Sean, and today's guest is Lindsay Hinkle. She is a singer-songwriter out of Nashville, Tennessee. She talks about how she got her start in the music industry, her journey through music as of late, recent songs, and much more. But before I get to my interview with Lindsay, check out Sensibly Cynical wherever you get your podcasts. Twitter at Cynical Sensibly. Instagram is Sensibly Cynical Pod. Check out the Facebook page, WordPress, we're on there. Most of the interviews can be found on our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash Sensibly Cynical. Now to my interview with Lindsay Hinkle. Enjoy, everybody. Joining me this afternoon, singer-songwriter Lindsay Hinkle. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, nice to have you. Thank you so much for doing this. So you were talking, we were, you know, a couple glitches, but... um, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, it was it was fantastic. I'm very grateful to be employed and to have worked a double yeah. and to have arms and legs that work that are as sore as they are right now. Well, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so talk about talk about that. When did you when did you like take start taking music seriously? Well, honestly, off and on, I've been my own worst enemy. And all throughout my life, starting at fifth, I started playing when I was 13, started doing demos when I was 15. And I was the type of person that I think it's partly because ADHD, but um, I would go all in on relationships, on endeavors. And then if they didn't go quite the way that I wanted them to, yeah, I would give up and be completely self-destructive and um, just have a pity party. But mm-hmm. the past five years since I have, I'm, I'll be sober five years, January 13th. Oh, congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. There's been a lot of... Um, I wish I could say the same, but you know. No, dude, do you wish or do you need to? There's a difference. I no, like wish, 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 wish. Yeah. Wish, I'm wish. like textbook. And, um, it's not funny. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying. No, it's that. hilarious. It's 110% hilarious. Like, yeah. if, if you can't laugh about it anyway, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. But um, I, I started changing my mindset um, in every way and mm-hmm. quit looking at failures as a a reason to self-destruct and give up and started Mm -hmm. looking at it as a, okay, what, what did I learn and how do I move past this Mm -hmm. and keeping the ball rolling, not giving up when things don't go exactly how I want them to. And I had a lot of really good experiences um, all through my childhood and my youth to that. I, if I had not just threw my hands up and said, fuck it. Oh, excuse, sorry. No, you can, you, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> sorry. No, there's no, there's no language barrier here. <laughs> okay, ahead. cool. All right, cool. Douche canoe. Anyway, so I just <laughs> threw my hands up in the air and said, you know, screw it, man. And, um, and, and so now that mentality has changed a lot. So I keep going and it has drastically changed the projection of how my career has been. So then music is kind of like a healing mechanism. Is that what I'm getting at? Or is that just conjecture? Is that 
No, it always has been whenever some kind of trauma would happen, that's when I would sit down and write a song. I don't know if you've ever seen Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Uh, no, no. Explain. Okay. What is that? Okay, well, it's like a spoof. Uh, there was like a trend for a couple years where there were multiple movies that came out about the lives of famous um, entertainers. It was one about Ray Charles, the one about Johnny Cash. And so it was basically a spoof of that. And he's like going through this uh, serious emotion. And his wife at the time was like, don't you go write a song, Dewey Cox. Don't you go write a song. And, you know, because yeah. he looks up and, and he thinks of this idea. And that's literally how it is for me. <laughs> like, I'll feel something and then I'll be like, okay, I got to go write about this. So uh, once I get it on paper... I close the book and I feel like I've got it out of me. And that was my therapy for most of my life until I actually started real therapy. So now it's both. So, it's, so it's now my songs are more about the actual healing, but I still write them in the moment. But yeah. fortunately, I haven't had any like major traumas where I have to like go write something because it's been so rough. Yeah, there's a there's a glitch on the okay there was a glitch on the video but basically what you're saying is it was it's essentially like a running journal like a continuous journal mm -hmm. and then you would take whatever you found interesting for lyrics and then place them in songs mm -hmm. it's interesting it's interesting so what was your first what was your first song because i read on um i think it was your website was it lindsayhinkle.com is that what it is to get the promotion out there oh lindsay hinkle music yes thank lindsay you music.com correction but you started singing when you were 13 yeah i started writing songs when i was 13 and but i was singing in church um i, I was singing and playing the piano and picking out songs when i was four my mima has uh photos of me in diapers uh playing the piano and Fortunately, I was able to move that piano up here to Nashville, so it's sitting in my living room. It's gonna be there's it's gonna make an appearance on the album. Mm. So speaking of Nashville, how long have you been in Nashville? Talk about your like where are you from originally and all that. I am from Piedmont, Alabama, population five thousand, thirty churches, one bar, home of the Pulitzer Prize winning author Rick Bragg, all okay. over the You're probably your hometown's probably not too far from me. I live in Pensacola, which is on the Alabama border. Oh, I love Pensacola. <laughs> that's where I live. That's where, I, that's where uh, I'm at. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Alabama is like you've been to. Did you ever go to Florabama? They have a decent uh, country. They have a decent country scene. Scene. Yeah, I wouldn't really say that I'm a country artist. You're a folk sure. Americana. That was my next question. Yeah, you read my mind. Yeah, I might I'm as well. I might as well ask it. So <laughs> folk Americana, what inspired that? Like what, what intrigued you about that genre? Well, growing up, I was a huge fan of John Mayer, Sheryl Crow, the Indigo Girls, and my parents, I went to Eddie's Attic for the first time, actually to open up for Sugarland when before they got signed and then after they got nice. signed. And that venue had an open mic shootout, but it was the first time that I'd ever been to a venue or a place, period, where it wasn't a honky tonk, it wasn't a restaurant, 
everybody paid a, a, a cover and yeah. sat and listened to the artist. There was no mm. beers being thrown. There was no fights. You know, it was very calm and everybody was really respectful and it was just chill, you know, and people right. loved it. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I do in my room <laughs> every day. And you're telling me that people do this for a living, like yeah. on stage. And so that's when I fell in love with um, performing because that's what my songs always were. But because of my heritage and because of where I'm from and because I have mm -hmm. a twang in my voice, um, people just kept uh, saying your country and folk Americana. Like if there's umbrellas of country, pop, rock, R&B, folk Americana falls technically somewhere under the country genre because that's where it originated i mean country came from folk and americana but mm -hmm. um i i would not say that i would be a person that would book a show successfully in florabama am yeah. i gonna am i gonna play the grand Ole opry probably not but yeah. um <laughs> it's that's that's just i mean maybe one day the people do it all the time i'm so, open to so i read also that you co-wrote Drake White's Power of a Woman, is that correct? I sure did with him so, and Kelly Johnson. Yeah, so what was the how long was the process of that? Like was it just quick? <laughs> it was my first co-write. Oh. And at the time I was living in a halfway house and I remember I went and got my nails done because I thought that that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and I remember Drake telling me my nails were nice and me feeling like I was super cool because Yeah. I understand why there are certain levels and steps that you take in Nashville before you go do a ride at like seven. Oh, hold on. Be sorry, preface. But before, so Drake White, what genre is he? Like, what's his? He's country. Hardcore country. country. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So that's how you got your start? Um. Well, that was my first co-write in Nashville. Mm. And so it was at sony publishing and i'd never been into sony publishing and um so when i went in there it was all these people that got paid to just go in these really nice rooms and write songs and mm. they have keurigs there and snacks and like pool tables if you need like a mental break and i was right. like wow this is what people do for a living and um so when um I got in there, I was kind of nervous and Kelly basically just like ushered me in and um told him, you know, well Lindsay's got this idea. And so I played him the idea for the song. And it was basically uh I was like, you know, Meet Virginia is one of my favorite songs by Train. Train, of course. And all these when I, you know, perform live and stuff, it's always girls. And they're screaming the song at the top of the lung because they kind of wish or relate to the protagonist, you know, this yeah. woman. And so I was like, well, what if you write a country version of that? Like, what does she smell like? What is she wearing? What does she do? Sure. And um, I played him the chords and he just started singing. And it was it was awesome. Like, I've 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 yet to be in a right since that happened mm -hmm. like that. And um we worked it over and uh i remember having to leave early we probably would have been in there for another hour we were in there for a few hours um but i had to go to work and wait tables so i had to leave early so i could go and be at work at 4 30 
in the restaurant in industry. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. still waiting tables, bro. There's still. nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I was a bus boy when I was 18. So, you know, and then after that, you know, I was I was a cold call. So, <laughs> you know, cold call person. So, you know, I understand the grind. There's it can't be better than uh, getting, you know, people hanging up on you because they think you're a scammer when all you're yes. trying to, when all you're trying to do is sell AT&T, you know, it's just like, I would buy it from you. <laughs> it's so, just like, <laughs> what got you wanting to do podcasts? Cause you're very familiar with talking to people on the phone. Uh, yeah. I've done like, I've done like 200 episodes by myself almost. No, like a hundred. I've done like a, over a hundred interviews, but like two hundred probably episodes solo. Yeah. I, um, I, I, so oh, you've been doing this since like twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Well, I used to have a co-host, and people listening to this are probably gonna be like, "Sean, we've heard this," but I'm gonna say it again. So I used to have a co-host back in the day, and long story short, he was kind of an asshole, and we kind of just like stopped talking, and then I was just like, "Screw it." Because we, we got together for the 100th episode because it was just both of us. Or 50th episode. I think it was like, may have been 100, may have been 100. Uh, anyways, we got together for it and we all, and we both got like really like, for lack of a term, like fucked up. And he was like talking shit and, you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I haven't really talked to him since and that was like three years ago it wasn't just because the podcast it was a lot like it wasn't just that that's kind of stupid way to end something but it was just it was just we were just like um sometimes that you know how the old adage Lindsay is opposites attract or whatever even in a friendship level like that's not always the case it may attract for a little bit but then eventually they we got on each other's nerves about stuff and so I just kept doing it. So instead of two people talking about random shit, I turned it into an interview show. And I've had, I've had, you know, a lot of it's independent artists, but I've had some bigger names, but it's not about that. It's about, like, I like getting to know people's story and giving platforms to people. So, but I do appreciate that, comp that what you said. Yeah, I have been doing it a while and it's not even about downloads either. Like I wouldn't say my downloads are great. It's not even about downloads. It's just, it's something I like doing and I'm just going to keep doing it. You know, it's, it's if people listen, they listen. I get every once in a while, I'll get like a nickel and dime ad, you know, but if people listen, they listen. If they don't, then they don't. And see, that's the thing about sensibly cynical is it's genreless. I can do, you can do whatever the fuck you want on a podcast called sensibly cynical. There's so that part's kind of cool, but then it's a double edged sword because there's the ones that do really well have a centralized, you know what I'm talking about? Like a centralized theme where they talk about the same thing every time. So they, mm -hmm. but with a podcast like mine, people scour through the library and see, oh, that one's cool. That one's cool. And it'll be like a different episode for each time they do that. Cause I'll get some people that, that like, I'll get a random download from an episode like two years ago, you know, because That's the subject, right. because the subject matter was cool. Yeah. So it's it's got its pros and cons, but that's everything in life, you know. But well, I like being genreless because if I want to talk about fucking um, a nonprofit, I had a lady that was a nonprofit on. If I want to give a platform to a nonprofit, then I can. If I want to give a platform to independent artists, I can. I had someone that was on American Idol 
give her a platform to tell. Yeah, I don't think she made it to the main show, but she was like in the process and like did mm-hmm. the Kate Watson shout out for her. But anyways, if I want to talk about someone like that and then I talked about something else. So, yeah, I, I mean, no, since the reality is it is faster acoustically than uh, yeah, Bound a little bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Bound to Fall is more of a waltz, and Sense of Reality is, um, like, just as it's meant to be a happy, upbeat love song. They were also wrote... That's what, 20... I, that's what I was trying to make correlation, you know? Yeah, they were also wrote 20, written 20 years apart. Uh, Sense of Reality I wrote when I was 19 about a crush that I had, then ended up being, like, a five-year relationship. What? Um, yeah. And <laughs> um, when I started recording this album... I did a census of what my 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 friends and my fans wanted to hear, and they all that was like the number one they wanted recorded because everything that I've ever released has been literally burned CDs off a laptop. I've never had a full length mm-hmm. album. I've never had anything that they could hold that was substantially a good product. It was all right. emailing from MP3s uh, because I have been a train wreck. So. Um, when when they actually had the opportunity to pick which ones they could listen to and stream, that was that was uh that and Shades of Grey were one of the first ones. Bound to Fall um was a single that I released in 2020, 2021. Um, and that was the first song that I wrote sober when I moved up here in a halfway house. My roommate, I, I lived in a halfway house with a bunch of women, and one of them was very toxic and was trying to make my life hell because it's not easy um being in sober living uh that's an all-female house and being openly gay and um people will turn anything into an addiction and so um I ended up having to leave the house because uh it was a it was a toxic situation basically she I for the first time in my life I was actually trying to do the right thing and I did not want to get involved in anyone but she kept making it to where um, it was uncomfortable and um, so I had to leave and I uh, wrote that song about her because shortly after she ended up overdosing she did not pass away but she definitely had relapsed and ha- was relapsed in the halfway house and um, that was the other reason why I guess God was sending me all these red flags to stay as far away from this person as I could so wow that's a powerful stories in more ways than one um very uh, like brave of you to you know tell your story and you know I applaud the music the music's great um as well as you know your goal to to turn a leaf I guess for lack of a better <laughs> term um so what do you got in the pipeline are you gonna finally get that album like what's what's the plans because I saw on your I saw that you're thinking about it uh like this year or next year yeah, so the um the album is being released in a waterfall uh method, which is what everyone's doing now because I have read so many music business books. I have mm. listened to so many music business podcasts. I've paid for so many music business uh courses online and everything changes daily. It is uncanny how it changes and I am trying to pinpoint who's doing what to actually make a survival living because I can't keep waiting tables like my body's like nope nope and um so 
I'm either going to have to do that or find like a desk job and do a regular nine to five. So this year has been, is going to be my last final like push. Um, but anyway, I um, actually. Push am... doesn't mean like trying to get like a track, like signed or trying to get an album. What do you mean final push? Push as in I'm not going to be waiting tables much. Oh, in okay. I thought you were talking about music. I'm like. Push as in I'm going <laughs> to be doing it full-time hardcore throwing everything out there to see what's going to stick and one of the ways is the album that i'm releasing i'm doing a single at a time i i learned pro tools i bought a studio this is the studio that i'm in now um in my house and i'm i've been recording those last two singles i recorded here and um so that cut out thousands of dollars that i was spending on a producer waiting on said producer because that was the other problem whenever i would record something i was on their time and so it would take yeah, six no one no one eight does months anything. for one song Lindsay, you know and i know nothing's for free you know no and so releasing it on my own in the studio by myself i'm releasing a single at a time november got pushed off but december uh we'll have a single called um uh, happy never after that I wrote with Josie Bistro and Kelly Johnson. And, uh, that will kind of fold into January. I'm also getting married at the end of January and that's taken. Oh, well, congratulations. That's Thank exciting. You. That's exciting news. It's exciting news. Yeah, um, exactly. But anyway, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I have contacted Guinness book of world records and I'm actually selling ads on the back of the album. And basically, I'm going to be uh, hopefully getting a record for the most ads sold on the back of a physical album. What? Do it. That's crazy. Well, think about it. No one's. No, I, done... I'm thinking about it, but I'm just saying that's like just thinking about it than actually doing that. <laughs> well, okay. So um, there was one artist that has done it. There was an EDM artist and OLYS, I believe, and they sold ads and i just literally just found this out i thought i was the only one i just found this out when i was applying for the record uh they never applied for a record but i technically can't be the first because they sold ads so i had to reword a little bit and change it to account so how many i'm doing on the back of the album also they were selling it it looked like it looked like a um football program kind of where it was just different graphics from different companies right, right. so uh my my graphic designer he's amazing he uh 768 creative on instagram please go follow him uh he is intertwining the names with the album artwork mm -hmm. so it actually it's not like a not that i would say anyone else's is nice or but it's more aesthetically pleasing that way I can also fit more names on the back of the album. And so these will be printed on the album and they'll be there forever. And so I'm accruing these funds from different companies. I started an LLC. I'm soon to be the CEO of a Listen Here Woman, H-E-A-R. Um, and I like uh, that. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> creative. But, um, That's creative. It's for marketing. So um, trust the, me, you're talking <laughs> pot kettle. You're talking. I, I'm learning about marketing on the fly. You know, yeah, I mean, well, I read a lot of like I said, I've just read a lot of books and um, that is the I feel has been the missing piece for me as an independent artist, because major labels, they pay a hundred thousand to a million bucks to break an artist and they're paying for billboards. They're paying for ads. They're paying for all this marketing. And 
you know, people come up to me all the time and they're, they, they mean as a compliment, but they're like, you know, why aren't you on the radio? I'm hearing all this shit on the radio and why, you know, you're way better than these people. Mm. And I'm like, well, there's a reason why is McDonald's the best hamburger that you've ever had in your entire life. Nothing against McDonald's, but is it the best hamburger? No, but you've heard of it. Why? Because on every single corner, there's a McDonald's. You can't not see it. Mm. So you spend enough time and effort and money putting your name out there and making it more recognizable for people then whether or not it's this, this third or fourth time they're going to be curious about it especially if it's anyone that inter- is inter- interested in uh singer songwriters like myself if they like Ashley McBride Brandy Clark Brandy Carlisle um the Indigo Girls mm-hmm. those are all this you know very similar artists so um that's what I'm hoping to is to reach out to that to that fan base and use that money for survival and for marketing because the album I'm doing that myself. Every, every, all the songs are going to be released. I'm not actually having to put money towards that. When's so, the, when's the full album going to be released? In the fall of 2023. Okay. When I applied for the record, it was August 14th, I believe 2024. Okay. Yeah. Well, when it releases, you can come back on the podcast and we can, we, you know, you can promote promote it on the podcast. That'd be cool. Well, thank um, you. Releasing a single at a time, yeah. uh, but the full album in print will be in August. That's awesome. Um, so influences like who musically would you would you consider like one of your big influences? There were so many growing up, but recently, I've I am obsessed with Travis Meadows. Um, he he's also um he he put out an album and that he wrote in sobriety a couple Mm -hmm. and i really relate to his style and his lyrics and um i'm a big fan i hope to meet him one day beth hart hands down she is the best thing i'm obsessed with her and um her grit and her persona and i i that's the goal for 2024 see her alive and then uh obviously uh Dolly. I'm oh yeah. Hannah Dolly. Yeah, yeah. She was and just she was promoting something. She was doing some sort of ad. Um what was it? I saw an advertisement. Rock she it's really so rock album. No, but she she did some creative advertising on I don't know, but she was doing some creative marketing. And even she knows. Well, I mean, it was probably her marketing team, but you know. <laughs> she's a she's a legend, icon, all that. Dolly Parton. Yeah, her and Taylor Swift, like, I just, I can't say enough. Whether you love them or hate them, um, you know, everyone's got different opinions. And everyone, anytime someone ex- it exceeds a certain amount of success, it it's all these naysayers. And, mm-hmm. But um, for a woman and to to get to these heights and to change the narrative in, in business, Uh, like they both have is the most inspiring thing for me to see, especially, you know, Dolly with her story of, of growing up in poverty and her using her wits from childhood. Like there's a, there's a, it's like legends. Like you hear, there's a story of her when she was 
a kid and she was uh her uncle brought her on a radio show mm-hmm. and a contest where they tied money to the top of a greased pole and you had to like run up the pole and whoever got the money and she watched all these other people doing it and she went outside and rolled around in the dirt and the mud and dried herself up really good and was able to climb up the pole and get the money and that's basically mm. my approach to business is just watching what pe- other people are doing and then trying to think outside the box and do it a different way. Problem solving comes from trauma, you know? Yeah, that's a really good line. It's true. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good line. I don't even think about that. Uh, do you have any tours planned, playing in any local bars or, you know, how do you how do you go about getting your music out like locally? I, the next three months uh, will be uh, hyper-focused on finishing the album and getting married uh, in January. Yeah, Yeah, talked about that. That's exciting. Yes, it is very exciting. So I don't want to go too crazy with any big plans uh, and, and, and risk something happening for that date. There's a lot of people involved. Right. But then after that, um, of a full tour and doing nothing but touring and promoting the album and releasing a song a month with a major publicity campaign behind each song and sure. continuing through to the final drop in August when the album album is printed and released. Yeah. So you're just gonna promote online until then and then you're gonna and then you're gonna play live or is this no, yeah, it's gonna be live. It's gonna I'm be a while. It's gonna be a while. Yeah, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be February. I'm I'm tentatively have one show in January, but I haven't been booking anything until more of the album was finished. And mm-hmm. also focusing on where I've been working full time when before I was only working like two or three days a week. Uh, now I'm working four or five days a week to put the money back to where I have a nest egg for um the next year when i'm not gonna be working you know bills don't pay themselves Lindsay. i understand that they don't pay themselves i wish i wish they paid themselves but they don't so i I understand that for servers uh we make about 80 percent of our gross yearly income the last three months of the year so has tipping has tipping improved since covid i mean this you know it was great at COVID and everything has gone down because really? we're yeah, we're going into a recession. So it's not near as busy uh as it was before. And mm-hmm. and that goes for like all my friends too. We we're not having the same amount of covers. Not as many people are eating out because not as many people have exponential income. The people that bought houses that could barely afford them are still trying to barely pay their mortgage payment because the price of houses have gone up. The people that are renting are trying mm. to put money back and not spending extra because they're trying to buy a house. And um, with the economy fluctuating like it is, it's just been um, it's been a different, but it's still not bad. It's it's still better than doing anything else. I, I, I at least it's flexible with my schedule. So I can Every, still have to go to other people's shows. Everything you said is true, but then you'll still have people like me. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Pay like twenty bucks for DoorDash, you know, or like, or like, Uber, or like Uber Eats or shit like that. Yeah, but, but you have to get outside. That's totally. I, mean, I get I get outside, you know. 
but yeah but i mean that particular time that you didn't want to go you didn't have to go and that time is kind of precious but also it doesn't help that tipping culture has gotten insane and people are like asking you to tip at the gas station and it's been taken advantage of and to where people are like tipping less and hold less on because- hold on hold on people are tip are asking to be tipped at gas stations yeah, like the anyone that uses a square uh, system, um, the iPad automatically yeah. will ask for a tip. Well, people that are kind-hearted or want to be a good person immediately feel bad if they don't tip. Oh, I don't and, tip at a gas station. I'll, I'm not. Right. You know. Some people are like that. Some people like myself, who are people pleasers, have a really hard time not leaving anything. I hope I didn't come across as an asshole by saying that, you know. <laughs> That's exactly how my mom and dad would respond. Just how but you I'll, I'll tip at like, But then I'll tip at a, we were talking about Waffle House earlier. I'll tip at a Waffle House. Or, well, yeah, they're working you know shifts. I mean? Or like 12 hour shifts <laughs> at Waffle House. Or like 12 hour uh, shifts as yeah. a server. I'll tip well at like at restaurants and shit. I'll do the twenty percent, but like <laughs> you know, right? And if a lot uh, of people don't, and I uh, even so here's how here's how here's how I do it. Like when I go out, I do um a dollar a dollar a drink. So let's say I go to the bar and I only have one one beer or one you know cocktail or whatever, I'll tip a dollar for that one drink. If I get two drinks, two dollar tip. Three three dollar tip. That's how I, you know, so usually I'll get like four or five beers and they'll get like, a, <laughs> you get like five dollars. So, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I've always lived by the dollar a beer. Uh, that's that works about right. Cause I'll go to, I went to like a club back in the day and I would tip a dollar for each time I got a beer. Cause you know, I don't, I'm not one of those people that hands the card and then expects I like, a, so I did a club, you know, I clubbed in my twenties. I mean, who didn't? Uh, so I would I made that mistake one time I left my you know at the at the bar I left my card you know for a tab and Lindsay it disappeared it like grew legs and walked off the lady the lady didn't know where it was <laughs> it was a college bar too so I mean but <laughs> you know inconveniently a char- uh, charge happened so I had to shut it down you know <laughs> but you know but yeah. enough about slimy people enough enough hey, about what's enough the name about of the that. podcast bro what's the name of the podcast it's Sens- so cool sensibly cynical this pop my podcast yeah you want That's to talk what, about that, it's that name? Be cynical on a Not podcast <laughs> no that's the podcast it's i'm both sensible and cynical that's the thing you are because <laughs> if you're going to be cynical you got to be smart about it you can't just you know yeah, you can't just, yeah, be, you cynical. Can't just be cynical all the time. You gotta have the yin and the yang. Don't you love the oxymoron of it? That's it's... I do. <laughs> when I when I made the name, people were like, "That's a." There's people that came on this podcast just because the name, like the lady, like awesome. the lady, the lady was like, "Yeah, I liked your name." Like she was kind of a bigger name, you know. She's like, "Oh, well, I like I like your name." So that's you know that's one that's one um one reason. All right, so you told me you're from Alabama. How'd you get to Nashville? Talk about that that change. Uh, which, by the way, it is a really cool name, and you should be proud of it. But I mean, um, I'm sorry. honored to be on here, by the way. If I haven't thanked you before, it's after, fine. or if the internet goes off again, <laughs> uh, my hand brace. Uh, it's fine. You. It's fine. My my fifty my fifty Spotify subscribers. 
they'll they'll you know and then hey, 40 that's and then, probably more than i have dude then, that's awesome and then you know 30 here 30 there you know mm-hmm. but anyways i hope i bring a few more <laughs> uh, my tens of fans will know about your podcast no it'll be cool it'll be cool i'll i'll uh i'll chop up this video i'll make a video it'd be cool i'll add some of the shooting the shit to the video and it'll it'll be it'll be good um so talk about the move to nashville so that happened um when i was living in the woods in alabama in my bottom and i had given up on music i had given up on life in general uh, I was pretty much just existing and getting high and just kind of waiting to die. I had tried, like I said before, multiple times and they failed. And I also got cynical without the sense. <laughs> and they're uh, just cynical, no sensible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, Kelly Johnson had messaged me on Facebook and I rarely checked my social media at all. Uh, it would be months sometimes. And uh, mostly because I wouldn't have minutes or internet or some shit like that on my phone. And so uh, I finally checked it and there was someone that was interested in one of my songs. And she was like, you know, hey, I've moved up to Nashville now. And Kelly and I, our lives always went parallel growing up. And she's uh, she's like, uh, she's also an artist or she's a friend that helps artist out. And, or artist. artist and singer. And friend, both. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. all of the above. Uh, sister from it's like another... it's like on the exam. D is all of above. That's it. Yeah, and I get jealous because she's like everybody's sister, and everyone feels this way about her that comes across to her. And I am I feel slightly territorial because she is the reason I'm here in Nashville. So, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. So anyway, she she did that, and it was literally like she said, "Oh, I moved to Nashville," and I remember having a co- finally like driving out to a parking lot somewhere and calling her where I would have service and her telling me, you know, that, that there were bigger things for me and that she was, you know, taking it one day at a time in Nashville and, and getting things done. And, you know, that I had good songs and uh, that I could be doing this too. And it literally, she put, it's like through the phone, it was this little bit of light and she put it in me and I thought, well, you know, she's doing it. So, like, there's a chance if I got my shit together, like, I know someone in Nashville now. Like, like I wouldn't. If she could do it, I can do it. Right. Um, yeah, but also it's just knowing that I wouldn't be alone if I was up there. Um, yeah. and so, uh, and her encouragement. So, um, I, I, I detoxed in, uh, in an abandoned house for, for two weeks, uh, threw up in a trash can and, um, got sober. And, uh, then one of my exes drove me to Nashville. I, I'd called several, um, halfway houses and found one that would take me in. It was like one fifty a week rent. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a job. I uh, had no idea what I was going to do. And it was way too embarrassed to call Kelly. I did not call her until I had been there for, uh, almost a year. She didn't even know I was in town because I didn't want her wow. to know or see me like that. Uh, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, so. I just want to, I just want to appreciate you for coming on here and sharing, um, this story, because if this could inspire someone to keep, you know, to keep going. And so thank you for doing that. And, no um, 
I'm glad everything is going well with work and music and, you know, is that, is that method? I feel like people didn't used to, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like people didn't used to release one single at a time, I guess probably, but it doesn't, I've heard that a lot more than I used to. They, they did and they didn't. So they used to release singles on the radio before the album was available to get the yeah. bill people to rush to the store and buy the album and that was also how how songwriters made their money because there were physical tangible copies being sold now as a songwriter and this is me owning everything i own the right my performing rights i own the songwriting rights i own the publishing i own the masters all four ways of getting royalties in i own everything about it's all about but (laughs) But Money. with all of that, no, with all of that. No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant getting, I mean, it's all about getting money. Right. But to make a profit off of it. Um, so for instance, I have, I make a dollar for every 2000 plays. So oh, I didn't know that. I, I thought it was like a thousand. It's two. It's 2000. What if someone uses your song like on Instagram, like I did? Um, it does add up. It's I don't know the exact figures, but it I I have accrued uh dollars for that. Um, yeah. Okay. Same same way, but none of it is enough to pay my car payment. None of it is enough yet. But you'll get uh-huh. you'll get like a a dollar or something like per play. No, like a I've got fifty cents or something. Yeah. Plays. Yeah, I did a yeah. TikTok campaign and and um offered people money to use my song on uh, a story or something real yeah, yeah and there was like 90 something people. i'll do that again i'll do that again for this episode you know i'll keep doing it <laughs> but um yeah so we were talking about dolly parton what's your favorite dolly song this is uh okay obviously uh, i will always love you um I'm going to be honest. Uh, I didn't find out two years later that a lot of my favorite Dolly songs, she didn't actually write herself like uh, Hard Candy Christmas, Who You Come Again. Um, but uh, the most thing that not I... Not all of it. Not all of it's about, you know. <laughs> never yeah, it's mind. Not. Uh, it's, <laughs> never it's mind. Her, it's, her, it's her as a person, a philanthropist, and a businesswoman. Mm. A strong... It's more about what she stands for. And she gives all back a lot. She gives, she gives back a lot. Dude, she literally she looks. Everyone is her children, and it, yeah, I I don't get me started, man. And I'm even, right even now she even gives back to Waffle House. I mean, you know, she she's probably um. So you got any fun stories about? I bet you got so many um with your music and recording. I bet you got some good stories. You got one you can share. Uh. About recording, just about everything in your in your career so far. Any fun story you can share? I gotta make sure it's one that doesn't involve someone. Um, oh well, yeah. Most of them do. Um. Uh. Well, I mean, a semi fun story. You'd ask me about the Wonder Woman thing, and like I have Wonder Woman posters and comic. Uh, yeah. Comic, um. Lots of Wonder Woman things. That's something my fans do because. And friends. So it started when I moved up here and like I got sober 
And then the sober living, um, like the company asked me to open other houses and this was all volunteer. There was actually no rent discounts, nothing, but I got to name the house and I named it Avengers because I'm a huge superhero fan. Oh, Marvel, the whole nine, all of it, all of it. I just love an underdog. I love superhero stories. Like, I'm a you big, know, uh, favorites, I'm a big Iron Man guy myself. Robert I freaking Downing. love Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> he, no, he's awesome. With Paltrow awesome. and was uh was the assistant or whatever. Yep. Anyways, big... sorry. Continue what you. It's okay. So when I was living in this house, um, things started happening that are life, and I couldn't afford for one. My brakes went out on the. I didn't have a car at first. Bought a van that had like three hundred thousand miles, so the brakes went out, and they went out so badly that literally the pads fell off. They were so paper thin, they fell off. And I was stuck in a parking lot at work and I could not afford four or $500 at the time to fix my brakes, but you can buy brake pads for like 90. So I pulled up YouTube videos. I got the tools and I changed my brakes. And then I taught the other girls in the halfway house that were interested on how to do it. Because once you do one, it seems like this really overwhelming scary task if you screw it up you're not going to be able to stop and all those things it's actually not that hard and so once I did one I could do all of them and similar situations like that kept happening like the washing machine went out and I just googled it like I just took the time to google it and figure it out and Mm -hmm. it was this amazing fucking feeling when something I knew nothing about had no fucking clue and was able to fix it and make yeah. it work and save myself a crap ton of you're money. Like, I, you're like, I did that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I and and shit. I never thought I could. It, and it was just like everyday household things and problems that would occur. When yeah. And you saved some money. to call somebody in here. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and I'm mechanic like, mechanic well, and shit. Good. Talk about yeah. And then they, they upcharge the hell out of, you know, of course. And uh, the less you know about it, the more they're possibly going to charge you, um, especially like mechanics. They'll tell you, you got to, you know, do these things that aren't not, not all of them, but they're, you know, not necessary. And same with healthcare. They'll tell you, you need these things that aren't necessary, especially if you have insurance. And so I Lindsay, started, being- I've been, I've been renting, I've been renting out of an apartment for like 10 years. I got some good apartment stories. I bet. I bet. But anyway, long story short, they started calling me Wonder Woman and it just stuck. And then um, I wrote a song called Wonder Woman and then it it became a thing. And the the core, the song's about this, like I've met a lot of famous people and I, I found out, I thought maybe once I got sober and started making a little money and acquired a little bit of recognition that I would, like my problems would go away and I realized that's not the case. And then I was also meeting these really successful, famous people. Really? Where were you? Where were you meeting them? um, Just around town. Yeah. Oh, Nashville makes it makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) A lot of people. And I've got some personal relationships with a lot of people that are uh, really successful. And seeing their everyday to day life was eye opening to me because they still had the same if not worse problems as me i know and they're giving you they're grammys. giving you they have grammys that are still yeah, but they're giving you advice on how to pursue that right so that's that so you're taking some i would assume i don't want to speak for you but you're taking some of their advice i am but i changed my goals to being happy 
and uh, obviously financially free because I don't, I, I grew up uh, on a farm. We didn't ever have a lot of money. My parents still have like central heat and air. So I don't want, I want that. I want like my own, the, the certain comforts in life. But the point was, is, is to pursue happiness and not to pursue um, the fame or, or the fortune per se, just getting by just the average stuff. And um, because it doesn't matter, you're still going to have this empty hole that you're trying to fill with whatever it is. And so uh, that's when I wrote Wonder Woman, because it was about this, this person that I had seen um, that was still had all the opportunity, all the things anyone could ever like dream of and still was having like major depressive issues. And like we all do, but you would just think that they wouldn't, but every, everybody does. And even superheroes, even, you know, Donald Trump gets depressed. I promise you, he's got shit. Everyone does. Oprah, everybody, like no yeah. one's excluded. Yeah. So that made it, that was like this huge comfort for me. And, and that's where the Wonder Woman thing came from. And the album's going to be called Wonder Woman and the cover nice. of it, if you on the the single of the new the newer singles the cover art that's basically a variation of the album cover art and the little girl on the cover is me as a kid because i always wanted to be a superhero so that's who the album's for is for that little girl who i screwed up most of her young life uh by by doing drugs and and running around with random women and now i want to make it up to her by putting out a full-length album because that's what she always wanted that's that's awesome. I'm so happy for you and your success. And I have a few more questions, if that's okay. Keep going. Um, so, Lindsay, here's burning. I have a burning question. What's your favorite superhero movie? Oh, that's dude. a loaded. That's a loaded question. I know. But if you had the, if you had the, you know, if you were trapped, if you were trapped in the like, like one of the uh, Saw movies, you know. If you were trapped in the only way out of the Saw movie, Jigsaw, was to tell your favorite your favorite um, superhero movie under a lie detector, what would it what would it be? I can't pick a favorite, but the my favorite scene. There's two. The top two are in Captain Marvel and one the original Wonder Woman. Don't get me started on 1984. I don't want to talk about it. Do not bring up Wonder Woman 1984 to me. Okay. By the way, you can tell the Saw Saw movies are my favorite horror movies, right? You can tell. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. <laughs> um, so uh, in that scene, there's a scene where she storms uh, the Germans. And it's the first time that you see like a powerful woman being the one who's who's being the hero. And mm. I actually, I started bawling crying because I had not seen that in a movie. She was sexualized, but not like they have been in the past. Um, I was a big fan of Xena when it came out, but it was pretty everything fake. sexualized, uh, Lindsay, in Hollywood. Yeah, everything is. Everything. Uh, don't hate it, but no, I, I did. I say, I didn't say anything <laughs> about approval or disapproval. I didn't say that. Okay, I, I said... don't. I don't. <laughs> but um, you know, it's the difference I, between approval and you know, being having disdain. Yeah. Yeah, it would be the first Wonder Woman or um, the scene in Captain Marvel where she keeps getting up. Um, and that's what makes her, you know, super is every time she fell, she kept getting up. Mm. And then um, obviously Endgame, the second, the last, you know, well, I mean, almost all, all the Avengers movies were just wow. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, Captain America. Don't mind. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Iron Man, Iron Man two, not the first one. I liked Iron Man two. Yeah, and yeah, in game, in game's really good. Um, you're talking about you're talking about um your life journey and what are you most pr- what are you most proud of? Like of all the things you've done so far, all your your journey, you know, to happiness and all that. What are you most proud of? Seeing the night I saw my name in Billboard, um, but they did a feature on Drake White and Power of a Woman, and when they credited the songwriters, and they saw my name uh, in Billboard magazine, that was that was a huge deal. That meant a lot. As far as like the mm-hmm. basic stuff, uh, you know, um, the real thing was being able to record myself uh, on my own and in a high enough quality and decent enough uh, to release the song and then that song uh, get more plays than than the songs that I'd had fully produced for years. Like the last two singles that I've released, just me and my guitar from my house have had 14, 15,000 plays. Um, and the, the, the ones that I had produced in by major producers nothing against what they did or their art because it was phenomenal and it was but it was like four years ago they haven't mm-hmm. got that many so that's awesome um last question i got what in five years what's the goal like in five years from now what's your what's your goal is it to have your own like youtube with a bunch of downloads views like what's the ultimate goal here to have a farm somewhere and some dirt that's mine um and to be able to do music and maintain said farm have everyone over for house concerts and to can uh at the end of the summer and give away pickles and relish and jellies to all of my friends and uh to be financially secure to where I don't have to worry about money and my future wife doesn't have to worry about retirement um that's a big legitimate fear of mine because i i'm i don't have a retirement um you know i'm self-employed and i'm not getting any younger so um that and uh just you know the safety and security for for my family for my parents where they don't have to worry about me and i don't have to worry about them that would be awesome and whatever Lindsay, thank you so much for doing this this was awesome um so where can people find you on social media uh at lindsey hinkle music everything is l-i-n-d-s-e-y-h-i-n-k-l-e music tiktok instagram plenty of fish farmers only all of them it's just <laughs> all of them all of them yeah <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> that my me, favorite that joke made me, that made me chuckle a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite joke uh yeah. uh that was that was a good one. That was a good one. First ever plenty of fish reference on the podcast, and I've been doing this for six years or so. Christian so. Mingle, Christian Mingle for sure. Yeah, yeah, E Harmony, all that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Lindsay, take it easy, okay? And I I look forward to seeing more and more epic album releases, okay? Well, thank you. And I hope that I see you in Pensacola. I know I will. I'm going to be in Pensacola sometime. Yeah, next. just uh, just DM I'm gonna me, hang out. Just DM you me and uh, we'll we'll hang out. And uh, I was going to say buy you a drink, but, you know, 
I'll buy me some coffee. I'll buy you a drink. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. drink one for me. Drink two. For I didn't me. say. I didn't say what kind of drink. I just said drink. You know. You can yeah. buy me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you All so right. much for having me. It's yeah. been an awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. This was fun. This is like one of my favorite. I'm not just. I'm not saying this. Not trying to just say. It, but no, this really is. This is one of my favorite ones I've I've done. So. It's an honor for, for me. Well, thank you. I, I believe that because I feel like the time limit was like it is when you have a, a, a blind date and you set up a phone call for someone to, to so you can run out and right. you can do the interview after the time limit. So oh, yeah. That, yeah. I was, I was like, I was, I was like, screw the time limit. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Awesome. <laughs> just keep going. All right. Take care. Thank you so much, Sean. It was an honor to meet you and an honor to be on your podcast. I look forward to a, a long-lasting relationship together. Likewise. Likewise. Plenty of laughs. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs>